Well, I remember way back as a child uh, getting a gift of a small flashlight. They had batteries back there, and you put the batteries in a little flashlight, and I, you know, you turned it on, and you saw this little light. But I soon discovered that it could hardly tell it was on in the daylight, you know, and when the lights were on it, it really wasn't that interesting. But when I went into a dark room and turned it on, wow, you know, it made a big difference. If I went outside at nighttime and turned it on, it, it lit the path in front of me. And so this little flashlight could dispel quite a lot of darkness. Now, as we've all grown up, or you know, and, and gone past playing with little flashlights, uh, we found that we live in a dark world. Uh, there's a dark world around us. There's some good things in our world, and there are some pretty dark things, pretty evil things. A dark world needs light to dispel that darkness. And so today we're beginning a new message series, which I've called Shine in a Dark World. Sometimes may, we may feel overwhelmed that the darkness is growing and coming in upon us, over, overwhelming us, and yet the darker the world gets, just like that flashlight, the more impact a little light can have. Philippians 2, verse 15, and you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your bulletin if you'd like to. It says, be blameless and innocent, Philippians 2, 15, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago about the generation that Paul lived in. He called it a twisted and crooked generation. We still live in a twisted and crooked generation, don't we? I, I think every generation has it. Some may, may be a bit more twisted and crooked. I imagine the generation in Paul's day was more twisted and crooked than we have today, although that's hard to imagine, but I believe as you look at history, it, it really was. But as we walk in that generation... As we follow Jesus, his light can come into our lives and shine through us into that dark world around us. And when the light shines into the darkness, two different things can happen. We don't want to be disillusioned if we think only one thing can happen. When the light shines into the darkness... Just as sometimes if you're in a certain type of place at night and you turn on a light and you see little things <laughs> fleeing away into the nooks and crannies, there are people who are repelled by the light because the Bible tells us the light exposes the evil in their hearts and they don't want the evil exposed and so they will run from the light. They will try to get away from the light or they will even try to extinguish the light. And so when we let our light shine, that is going to happen with some people. But the good news is that other people will be attracted to the light. Other people will come to the light. 
They'll see the light as hope for their lives. And so, we are tempted sometimes to hide our lights. Perhaps thinking of the people that might be repelled or might seek to extinguish our lights. But God says, don't hide your lights. Let them shine. Jesus said in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. If you're a believer here today, that is you. In fact, let's just say this together is, right? He says, you are the light of the world. Let's say it. I am the light of the world. Ready? I'm the light of the world. Once more, I am the light of the world. Amazing as that is. Jesus said it, as believers, we are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so the only hope for our world is for believers to let their light shine tonight hide their lights under a basket so nobody can see it, so you can be an incognito Christian. He wants you to let your light shine so that people notice it for Jesus to shine through you, lighting up a dark world that is around us. And so in this new series, Shine in a Dark World, we're going to be looking at the prophet Jeremiah. He's in the Old Testament. Jeremiah began his ministry to the land of Judah under the godly king Josiah. But there was no major repentance under Josiah. And ultimately things got darker and darker. Few listened to Jeremiah's message. Even though he was faithfully proclaiming it to the people. And I believe though that the example of Jeremiah will encourage us to let our light shine in the world that we live in today. And so today I've entitled the message, Find Direction from God. God calls each of us in different ways. He gives us direction on how to let our light shine in a dark world. And so I pray that we'd have ears to hear what the Spirit is going to speak to us today as we begin to study the prophet Jeremiah. So God calls you as his messenger Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anatoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. And so Jeremiah was born in a village. It was about four miles northeast of Jerusalem, a small village during the reign of wicked king Manasseh, was the king before Josiah. And Manasseh was one of the most wicked of all kings. But as Jeremiah grew, the word of the Lord came to him. We'll talk about when that was in a minute. Under King Josiah, who replaced King Manasseh. And King Josiah was a godly king. He sought to bring spiritual reformation to the land. To recover the word of the Lord. And speak it to the people. And call the people to re repentance. And Jeremiah backed. King Josiah's reforms. But he didn't see any true change among the hearts of many people in the land. 
And so what did God say when he called Jeremiah to be, to be his messenger? Verse 4, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so God spoke to Jeremiah. He said that he knew him before he was conceived in his mother's womb. Isn't that amazing? And I believe that's true of each one of us. He knew who he was going to create before you were conceived. Before Jeremiah was born, God consecrated him or set him apart in his mother's womb for God's purpose. Not only was, had God planned that he was going to create such a person, he had a purpose for Jeremiah before he was born. And again, what was true of Jeremiah is true of each and every one of us. God knew his purpose for your life before you were born. And God's call on Jeremiah's life was to be a prophet to the nations. A prophet is someone who speaks God's word. A prophet is someone who is God's messenger. He hears from God and then he takes that message and he speaks to people. And that's how God works. And while everyone is not called to be a prophet, I believe God calls everyone to be his messenger. And that really is what's involved in letting our light shine. And so God had a plan and purpose for you and for me before he formed you in the mother's womb, in your mother's womb. And the first purpose, God's first purpose for each person in these last days is for them to believe in Jesus Christ. That's God's purpose for each and every person. And once you answer God's call to salvation by believing in Jesus, He calls you to be His messenger. Now in the New Testament, the book of Acts, it uses the word witness. And I think the idea is the same. A witness is someone who speaks for God. A witness is someone who tells others what God has done in their lives. A witness is someone who lets God's light shine through them. Now the specifics of God's call on our lives as messengers will vary from person to person. In fact, the specifics can vary from season to season in your life. We need to recognize that. When I was in high school a few years ago, Why are you laughing? I don't say. I sought God whether he was calling me into full-time ministry or to a career in science, which I enjoyed since I was a little boy. And uh, I kind of wrestled with that for a while. And uh, I really didn't see any doors opening about the ministry thing. I really didn't understand. I mean, I knew my father was a pastor, a full-time pastor, but I felt God leading me into the field of science. And it turns out that call into science lasted for about 25 years, for a long time. That's beginning to date me, isn't it? So, uh, and uh, I 
got an education in science. I, I worked in the science field for a number of years. And then, somewhat surprising to me and surprising to other people, God spoke to me and called me out of science into full-time ministry. And I, let me say that was a tough decision uh, because I had a family at that point and that was how I supported my family. And I had to go back to school uh, to study for full-time ministry without an income. And so that was a big, big decision. But I followed that call of God and God has been uh, with me, with us, uh, as we followed that call. The story is just to say there can be different calls at different times in your life. Obviously, when you're single, there's a certain type of call. When you're married, you're, your call changes to some degree. Uh, there might be commonalities, but there's different times in each person's life. Now, when God calls a person, he doesn't force you to answer the call. We have a choice. God has given each one of us free will. I mean, God doesn't force people to be saved. You have a free will to either accept Jesus as your Savior or to reject Him. And the same with God's call in your life. At each stage in life, as God calls you to do things, you can accept that call or you can reject that call. I'm here this morning to encourage you to accept God's call. When He calls you to something, it's a good thing. It's the best thing that you could do with your life. Accept God's call when he calls you. And as you answer that call, you're going to be blessed. And God's going to use you to be a blessing to other people as well. Now, it doesn't matter what age or stage of life that you are in. Uh, sometimes we'll see people believe they're too young to answer God's call. And sometimes people say they're too busy to answer God's call. And sometimes people say they're too old to answer God's call. But if God's calling you, you can answer that call. God's always got a call. It doesn't matter what age, what stage of life you are in. It doesn't matter if you have rejected God's call in the past. If he's calling you again, he's giving you another opportunity to answer the call. And so God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life, no matter where you are at in life, to be his messenger to let his light shine through you to a dark world. To whom are you called? Jeremiah was called as a prophet to the nations. Who are we called to today? Could someone be called to a prophet to the nations? Yeah, they could. Their words wouldn't be written down in scripture, but they could. Each of us is called to be a messenger in the place that God has called us to. So God calls you to be a messenger to your families, to your relatives, to your workmates, to your neighbors, to your friends. If you're in school, to your schoolmates. A messenger to the people in your church family. Anybody in your circle or sphere of influence, God wants you to be a messenger to. And as we said, being a messenger is not just calling people to be saved. It's sharing God's word, sharing God's encouragement, letting your light shine in somebody else's life. And we act as messengers not only through our words, but also in our actions. Our actions speak as well. And so we let our light shine 
through our words and through our actions, just as Jesus did. And God calls each one of us as his messenger. Now, if God calls us as his messenger, what message are we to proclaim? We've talked about that a little bit, but God provides the message. Let's go back to Jeremiah 1 verse 6. Then I said, this is Jeremiah speaking, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Now scholars believe that Jeremiah was about 16 years old when God called him to be a prophet to the nations. His father was a priest, so he was familiar with full-time ministry. But a prophet to the nations, hey, that was more than dad did. That was outside of experience. 16 years old, he didn't know where to begin. He didn't know what to do. He felt inadequate to carry out God's call. Now, Jeremiah is not the only one in Scripture who felt inadequate to fulfill God's call. And many of us may feel inadequate to fulfill God's call. But he was to be a prophet. He was to be a messenger. But he didn't know what to say. How can I be your prophet, God, if I don't know what to say? And so God said, Son, don't question my call. Don't say you can't do what I'm calling you to do. For everything I call you to do, I will empower you to do it. God reassured Jeremiah that he would tell him what he was to say. When God calls a messenger, he always provides the message. Then in verse 8, God continues and says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now, whenever God tells somebody, do not be afraid, why does he do that? Because Jeremiah was afraid. He's 16 years old. God's calling him to speak to people much older than him. And he was afraid. And God said, don't be afraid. Why? Not only would God give Jeremiah the message to speak, God would deliver him. God would be with him. Well, we're going to get into that in a minute. But God would deliver him. Uh, he didn't need to be afraid of what people would do to him. And despite unrelenting persecution in Jeremiah's ministry, he, he continued his prophetic ministry. We don't know exactly how long, for at least 40 years in a very hostile environment and so verse 9 then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me behold I have put my words in your mouth and so God would supernaturally give Jeremiah words to speak both to the nation of Judah and as we read the whole prophecy to other pagan nations around God would speak to him to plant, to uproot, to do all kinds of things. God would speak to Jeremiah through his Holy Spirit and tell him exactly what to say. And later in Jeremiah's ministry, God would instruct him to have his words, his messages that God had given to him written down. And today we have that writing in the form of the book of Jeremiah. And the book of Jeremiah, in case you didn't know it, haven't read it yesterday, 
It's the second longest book in the Bible. Second only to the book of Psalms. When God calls someone as his messenger, he provides the message. Now in chapter 1 of of Jeremiah, we're not going to read it today, God began to speak to Jeremiah and he gave him two visions. Let's just talk for a minute about the second vision. The second vision was a boiling pot coming down from the north. And that boiling pot represented the Babylonian military campaigns that would come against Judah, his country, unless they repented and turned back to God. They had forsaken the Lord. They were worshiping idols. And Jeremiah was calling them to repent and warning them about the judgment to come if they did not. And so Jeremiah's message was calling for repentance. If there was no repentance, judgment would come. So let's think for a minute about the message that God calls us to deliver to the people around us. Our first task, we've already said it, as we're called messengers, is to proclaim the gospel, tell people about Jesus, to see them saved. That is one of the most important things, whether it's a child that we're raising, whether it's a grandchild, whether it's a mother or father, whether it's a co-worker, whoever it may be. We're going to see next week, as we talk in more detail about Jeremiah's message, he called the nation to repentance. What is repentance? It's, it's not a word that's in the newspaper much, but it's a very biblical word. It means to turn away from sin. To turn away from sin and seek God's forgiveness. We, a person repents when they're convicted that they've sinned. I mean, you can't repent if you don't think you've done anything wrong. Uh, you have to admit you've done something wrong. So you repent, you turn away from that and ask for God's forgiveness. Now, when Jesus went around and began to proclaim the gospel, what was the first word when he summarizes what he said? It was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, what was the first thing he told people? Repent. Without a conviction of sin, without repentance, there, there can be no salvation. This is true of a young child. It's true of how I was saved. At a young age, I was convicted of sin. I didn't rob a bank. I disobeyed my parents, and I knew it was wrong. And I repented of that. Repentance is required if you're a young child, if you're a young adult, middle-aged adult, an older adult. Now, once a person repents and puts their faith in Jesus Christ... Our work as a messenger is not over. Every person needs to grow. Jesus said we are to teach people to obey everything that Jesus commanded us to do in his word. And so God will show you the message that you are to give to let your light shine to each person that he calls you to speak to. In every situation that he calls you to let your light shine in, God is going to provide the message. And God will prepare you as his messenger. He calls you as a messenger. He gives you the message. He prepares you. Let's look at verse 17. He, God is still speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, but you dress yourselves for work. 
Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. So the Lord next prepares Jeremiah for his call. And what does God call it? He calls it work. It's not going to be easy. In fact, we'll see God warns him it's, not, it's really not going to be easy at all. It's going to be work. It's something that you're going to have to work at. It's, it's something that I'm going to help you with. You're not supposed to say what you want to say. You're not supposed to say the things that you think people will like. You're only to say what God was going to tell him to say. And again, Jeremiah was instructed, don't be dismayed or some translations say afraid. By the people that you're to deliver the message to. Why does God repeat this thing? Because that is a big, was a big thing for Jeremiah. And why don't we let our light shine as much as we should today? Because we're afraid, right? We're afraid of what the response may be. Again, Jeremiah's call that God was calling him to follow would not be easy. In fact, most people think Jeremiah was the most persecuted prophet in the whole of the Old Testament. But God gave Jeremiah another promise in verse 18. He said, Behold, I will make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the king of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. Now, why in the world would God have to make him a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall? Because uh, he was going to take a lot of heat. A lot of shots were going to be fired at him, and he needed God's protection, or he would have been gone shortly. And so God was going to put a wall of protection around him. We don't know how God did that, angels or whatever, but God was going to protect Jeremiah his mission. And the attacks would come from every layer of society, from kings to officials to the religious priests and to the common people. He was going to be attacked by everybody. 16 years old, how would you like to start out like that? But God was going to protect, this, protect him by putting this barrier around him to allow him to fulfill God's call. And if Jeremiah didn't get the point that this wouldn't be easy, well, verse 19, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord to deliver you. And so the reason he needed these protective walls is people are going to fight against him. They're going to try to stop the message. They didn't want to listen. They would try to stop the messenger. And what was God's promise? Well, just as God spoke to us in the word this morning, he was going to be with him. And if God is with you, then the attacks against you aren't going to prevail. You're going to fulfill God's call upon your life. So God prepares his messengers. Now, just as God prepared Jeremiah to give his message, to deliver the message, so he prepares each one of us. God prepares you to give his message to people that he has placed in your life. Now, this is something, God didn't give Jeremiah his whole message, just some kind of big 
Chordomp right at the beginning at 16. God gave him messages throughout his life that he was to speak. And the same is true with us. God isn't going to tell you this morning all the messages he wants you to deliver to all the people in your life this morning. He's going to tell you one day at a time. He's going to tell you in the circumstance what to speak. And as you seek God on a daily, ba a daily basis, he's going to say, hey, that you're going to be around this person today. Here's the message I want you to speak to them. And everyone, as we already warned, is not going to receive the message. And that will make you unlike, why bother? We bother because God is telling us to do something. He has a purpose in it, even if people initially reject. And sometimes people will initially reject and later they will be convicted and respond to the message. Now God gives us messages to speak. We have an adversary, Satan, and what does he want? He doesn't want you to speak. He'll try to get you to be quiet. He wants you to be afraid of speaking out for the Lord. Worried about the consequences. But God says, don't be afraid. Let your light shine. I'm with you, and I'm going to protect you. And so God prepares us to be his messengers. And so we live in a, a dark world. Uh, it's not full of light. I mean, there are wonderful things in our world. God is doing great things. But there's certainly a lot of darkness in our world as well. And in some ways, the world seems to be growing darker each day. And yet, God has not called us to despair. Uh, God has called us to let our light shine for Jesus in the darkness. And the darker things are, the more our light will shine out the more our light will be visible. God calls each one of us as believers before we were born to be his messengers. If you're saved here today, God has a call upon your life to give you a message of hope, a message of his love, both for yourself and for those around you. God has placed you in a unique circle of relationships. Nobody has exactly the same relationships as you do. The same relatives, the same neighborhood, the same workmates. Uh, and I could go on and on. You are in a unique place to give people in your sphere of influence God's message. And as you seek God, he's going to guide you as his messenger. He wants to use you. He wants you to let your light shine. He wants to help you overcome fear. He wants to give you courage. He wants to give boldness to let your light shine. And again, we want to reiterate it's both through our words and our actions. Sometimes we can speak louder with actions than with words, but we need to use both. Uh, as we go through Jeremiah, we'll see him doing that as well. And so my prayer is that God would use each one of us individually and as a church family to, to let his light shine through us brighter than ever before. Now this morning, I want to give everyone here and those listening online to have an opportunity to let the light of Christ shine into your life. And to do that, you need to admit that you've sinned. Repent, turn away from that sin. And ask 
for Jesus to forgive you. Believe that Jesus died on the cross that your sins might be forgiven. Invite him into your life and commit yourself to following him and his words. Let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you'd like to. Well, if you've never prayed a prayer like this before and you'd like to pray for the first time, I'd encourage you to pray. Perhaps you've prayed a prayer like this in the past and you feel like you've drifted away from God and this would be a good opportunity to recommit your life to him this morning as well. So I'm going to pray and I just encourage you to pray in your hearts in agreement with this prayer. Father, I admit that I've sinned. I've, I've done wrong things. I knew were wrong. And I repent. I turn away from those things. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I ask for you to forgive me. I, I believe Jesus died on the cross, paid the price for my forgiveness. Forgive me and come into my life. I believe you rose from the dead. You're alive today. And I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. And let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words that you inspired Jeremiah to write down about his life, about his call that speak to us today. That's certainly true of ancient history, but it speaks to us how you call us and the message that you have for us to give to our world today. God, we want to shine in a dark world. We don't want to be fearful. We want, don't want to be depressed. Uh, we don't want to be discouraged because of the darkness around us. We want to see it as an opportunity for our light or your light to shine through us to dispel the darkness around us. We thank you that you've called me. We've call, you've called everyone here. You've called Everyone who's a believer to be a messenger for you. And we have the most wonderful message in the world. A message of God's love. A message of forgiveness. A message of hope. And God, we pray that you would help us to understand that message. That you would give us the message for each and every circumstance that we find ourselves in. And that you would prepare us, God, to speak forth that message. Forgive us for the times when we've hidden our light under baskets, as it were, and, and we wanted to blend in with the darkness and not be seen as a, someone who lets their light shine for Jesus. Forgive us for those times, God. Help us to take that basket off our heads and let our light shine. Help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous. Help us to be, have ears to hear your direction for us in the coming days and weeks as you call us to be messengers for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.